This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for today and for our episode, and I hope that you love it as much as I loved having this conversation. So I feel like Sometimes I feel like I have to pinch myself because getting on our podcast platform or Zoom or wherever we're doing an interview is just so delightful. It's such a delightful part of what I do. And it's so fun to connect with so many people in this way and just have these amazing conversations. I always hope that you really feel like we're sitting together on my couch, which definitely could fit all three of us. And there's a fire going and we have some tea. Maybe if it's hot where you are, we don't have a fire going and the windows are open and the breeze is coming through and I give you a green smoothie. I don't know. But the point is, is that you're in my living room or at my kitchen table And we are talking to these amazing people who get to come on the show. And today's guest is Kristen Hange. And I'm going to tell you all about her and I'm going to let her tell you all about her in a minute. But I just want to say that when I heard her speak, and I think the first time I heard her speak was on the Rob Bell podcast, and I listened to that episode like five times, I was just so struck by what she was sharing. And I knew that somehow, whatever it was, first of all, I knew I had to get her on this show. And I knew that it was such an important thing for me to hear and for me to really take in. And I've been studying it ever since. And she's going to come talk about the heroine's journey. And if you've ever heard of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, you'll hear a bit about that today. But everything that she shares and everything that she shared on the podcast that I first heard her on is so related to why I do what I do and why I'm so committed to helping women make space in their lives to go inward. And then once we've gone inward, really figure out what to do with the energy that comes forth. Because I feel like we all live in this world where we're balancing all these things. And often when we go inward, we retrieve these gems that we want to move forward with. And it sometimes is hard to do that. So everything that she talks about is just what I want to be baked into our process even clearer and more. And so I hope you get that from this conversation. I'm a little bit obsessed and so excited to know Kristen. And after I did hear her on the Rob Bell podcast, I did 
you know, I kind of felt like I went into stock mode a little bit. So I'm grateful that she said yes, and that she's here with us today. And I don't think it's the last you're going to hear about her because since we had this conversation, I've already had the extreme pleasure and just honor of being with her of the capacity of her helping me extract my story. And oh my goodness. Yeah, you're going to hear more from her because she's helping me extract the book, the story that I've been wanting to write for a long time. So this is not the last time, but it is going to be really impactful if you're excited about learning about this as much as I am. And again, this is really, I feel like this is the why. This is why it's so important to make space and to go inward and to go deep and to go deep through whatever shows up. And I feel like we just need to get Kristen on the show so you can experience it for yourself. So Kristen, she's like an amazing person and she does a lot. She's a theater, television, and film director. And she also is a writer, producer, artist, poet. I mean, really. And she's I think, an expert on this idea of the heroine's journey. So you'll hear all about that today. If you want to read all the movies and plays and amazing things she's been part of, please go check out the show notes on the website because it's quite spectacular to see. Let me think if I have any announcements today because I just want to make sure, like I want you to get into this conversation with me. So one thing that is coming up for any entrepreneurs in the midst is we're going to be planning Q3. So you can go look at the website. There should be a bar on the top of the page that can get you into that. But basically, we just spend 90 minutes together planning the next quarter. It is not one of our free workshops. It's part of Flow 365. So if you've been on the fence, you could decide to join Flow 365 which is the best deal of the situation, or you can pay to just be part of that workshop. So that's coming up. And what else is coming up? I feel like something else is coming up. It's going to be, we just had our how to plan a project workshop that also I believe is still available through the website and through Instagram. So if you want to just hear the recording of that and get all the planning sheets, you can totally do that. And any other workshops that we have coming up, they will be available for you on the plansimple.com website. And we love being able to host these workshops. And we also love working with all the amazing women within Flow 365. So right now, I feel like I've been in this big phase of lots of free goodies for my birthday month. And now my focus is a little bit turned toward how are we cultivating community within Flow 365, which it's always focused on, but now I get to like really go in there and we're going to have a couple extra calls in there. We're going to bring in our friend test masters who you'll hear from here shortly. We're having this Q3 planning. We're having some focus days. There's just a lot of exciting thing coming up. Our next retreat is in July so many good things. So I'm turning my attention there and do stay tuned for the next upcoming workshop if that's your vibe. And for all these podcasts, I have a really special announcement on the next podcast. So look in your podcast feed, all right? Because something really exciting is coming up. All right, with no further ado, let's just get the amazing Kristen Hangy on the show. Hey, Kristen. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Mia. I'm happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I forgot where I was for a brief moment. It's one of those days, but I knew the second I heard you talk about this topic on Rob Bell's podcast that I needed to 
have you here because I haven't even told you the whole story. But basically, I'm obsessed with the fact that as women, mostly as women, I think the way that we sort of plan how we navigate our days and how we navigate time, I just don't feel like it's in alignment with how we operate very naturally as women and like discovering our passions and our purpose and our creativity. I've always found that to be true. And I've sort of navigated, I went to art school. So like I navigated this in all sorts of different ways. But then when I became a coach, I was like, maybe we just need a new system. So like back in art school, I was trying to design new calendars based on the same ones. But now I'm like, maybe we just like need a new system. So I sort of based on the hero's journey, actually, created a system that was basically, I just wanted people to stay on the path, right? Like it was really for me, I wanted to stay on the path. Like at one point, I got this like deep knowing of what, you know, where I was going, what my purpose was. And I saw how easy it was each day to like go back to the way it was and do things the way that like I had been conditioned for them to do. And I was like, I think that if I had a plan in a different way than I had been accustomed to, so not like a to-do list, that I could actually navigate this. And so that's what I ended up creating. And then all of a sudden, like years later, I heard you on Rob's podcast talking about the heroine's journey. And I'm like, oh no, that's it. Because what I call what we do, I call it feminine productivity. So I'm like, it makes sense that it wouldn't be the hero's journey. It has to be the heroine's journey. So I was like, I got to get her on and like, you know, really peel the layers back to this. So I feel like this interview is just as much for me as it is for everyone listening. I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome. No, thank you. It's just as much for me as well. I'm discovering at the same time. And I love what you talked about process because I feel as an artist, I'm always recreating my process and learning how to create a process that feels good in my body and using my body as a compass to direct the flow of my energy. And I feel like that's something I'm constantly interested in. And there is something that I know about the creative path is that it will take you into your stuck places. It'll take you. Oh, absolutely. Okay, what wants to evolve now? I'm taking you right into it. And I love how you talked about how do I stay with it? Yeah. In yeah. my process. Well, I mean, because that's the hard part, right? It's like you get these amazing ideas and they feel so good actually in your body for like 30 seconds or maybe a little longer. But you know, like the second you actually have to show up and like do the next step, it feels really hard. And it's so easy just to turn right back around, do the U turn and be like, all right, maybe not. Yeah. And I have found with myself and the people I work with, it's because it shows you that unhealed place inside of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it can be so uncomfortable when those limited thoughts come up, when those ideas of lack, limitation, scarcity come up, that it's hard to sit and just be and not trust that is real. Yeah, Yeah, so true. All right. So do you feel like you need to like do the 101 version of the hero's journey in order to explain how the heroines one is different? I can. Would you like me to? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Just so we can like, because I think it's like, I feel like especially right now, like the world is so needing the feminine energy, but I think it's always helpful, even though I feel like the hero's journey is like an amazing, like story arc for any of us. And to see how the heroine's journey compares, I think it's just a really helpful juxtaposition. Sure. So let me back up and just say what I am, what I do is I'm a director and a writer. I produce And then I also help people that have stories that want to come into the world. 
I think of the people that come find me have soul stories. They're soul led stories that want to come and their soul is like, please deliver this to the world. Please deliver it. And it won't stop talking to them. And then people will come find me and I love to help them midwife them. So I, oh my often, gosh, you just sold me. But anyway, we'll talk on, about that later. Yeah. <laughs> it's my great pleasure. So what occurred in my life is as I was working on story structure, I started teaching the hero's journey, which now I think of as an outer world journey. So if we mm. think of the heroine's journey as an inner world journey, then the hero's journey is the outer world journey. And I believe that they're both happening concurrently in all people. And we can also think of this as it's happening in our masculine and our feminine energy with all people having both. Yep. Or you could say the active energy and the receptive energy. It's just yeah. different paradigms, different models of how to look at it. So in the hero's journey, which all of our stories have mostly been based on, which is really interesting because of the way it makes you outer world focused, right? It's like, what am I achieving out there? And I think we're coming to a place in time where life itself is making us go inner world focused, that we can't build things on structures that aren't sustainable. We actually have to go into our inner world in order to build something new on the outer world. So yeah. I'm going to talk about the hero's journey in three acts. So three act structure. And that three act structure is real easy. It's beginning, middle, end. Super easy. So if we think about it in act one, we have a protagonist. And you know what I love about a word protagonist is it means to struggle. Isn't that fascinating? So part of being a character or part of being a human is to struggle. It's like baked into the cake. That is fascinating because that yeah. is not what we are taught in grade school. <laughs> when we're taught about all the different characters. One of the things I think about all the time when you're writing, if you love your main character, you're going to give them conflict because it's how they grow and expand and become right. conscious. So if you think of it, life itself gives us conflict so that we will grow and expand and become conscious. So when big conflict shows up in my life, which happens constantly, I can go look how life is loving me. <laughs> it's believing yes. my ability to expand. So we have this main character. When we first meet them, their life is not fully working and they don't know why. And they have a want, they have a desire. And then something happens, often called a inciting incident, or it can be called a catalyst seemingly from the outer world that happens to them. And now their life will never be the same. This catalyst, this inciting incident gives them a choice, either going to take road A or road B. And when they make that choice, it takes them into a brand new world. So we go from the ordinary world, the world that they've always known, into a brand new world. And we cross that first threshold. We leave act one and we go into act two. So act two is now called the middle. Once we go into this new world, there is often, you know, it's Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie deciding to dress like a woman. It's Marty McFly and Back to the Future going to the past. It is Keanu Reeves deciding what pill he's going to take. Often at this point, there is a mentor in this new world, Glenda the Good Witch, that's going to teach Dorothy the ways of this world. It's Karate Kid, right? And we watch our main character go through their training, learn the ropes of this world, 
they gain friends, they have allies, and eventually they come into a place where they get to test out these skills. Often in screenplay structure, we say they hit a midpoint, which is either a false high or a false low. And from there, from that moment on, things get increasingly more difficult for our protagonist. So maybe they hit the midpoint and it seemed like, oh, they finally you know, are closer than they ever thought. And after this moment, things get more and more challenging. So I'll often tell writers, think of the three worst things that could happen to your main character. Now they're going to go through them. So if we can think of life itself, increasing our challenges, our difficulties until we have a dark night of the soul. Yeah. Dark night of the soul, super mythic, right? After we hit an all is lost moment, our character is now worse off than before they ever started this journey. The antagonistic forces around them are at their height. And in this dark night of the soul moment, there is something often in a story that dies. Sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's an object that breaks. And this symbolizes the death of the old consciousness. At this mm. moment, they have an aha revelation. Now, what they don't realize is the entire middle, all of Act Two, they have been acting with these new skills, these new ways of being that have been encouraging them toward the answer that life is trying to get them to realize. But because they've been unconscious of this truth, they haven't been able to fully embody it or inhabit it. In yep. the dark night of the soul, they have an aha moment that eventually they go, oh, oh, I get what I was missing all along. Often this is when their mentor passes away. You can think of Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? So all of those things. Yep. Now, interestingly enough, right, all these myths, they're all deep in our consciousness. So they're working on us all the time, whether we know it right. or not. So once our character has that aha realization, now they can go into the third act because their consciousness has changed. They now understand a deep universal truth about life. They can go head to head against the antagonist. And now they can defeat them because their inner beliefs have changed. So now their outer action is in line with their inner beliefs. They slay the dragon, they beat the bad guys, and there's some sort of gift of the goddess, some sort of golden elixir, something that it is a symbol of the fact that they have passed through this portal. And then they can bring that gift back to the ordinary world, back to their community. So that's yeah. Circle. And just to clarify, like, this isn't like a once in a lifetime situation, like when we're talking real life, I mean, obviously, yeah. we know this is happening in the Karate Kid. But <laughs> in real life, this is something that's like, I mean, I can think I feel like I can see different places where yeah. I'm on different parts of the path, like even right now, as we're talking, right? Like, so it's like, it's not like you have one moment in your life that is the hero's journey. It's like consistently happening with lots of things, maybe right. some bigger and smaller. I say they're like concentric circles that are constantly occurring. Right. Both the hero's yeah. journey and the heroine's journey. And some of the work I do with people is we write down uh, many different versions of how this has worked in our life. And yeah. it's fascinating for me every time I do a circle. I'll go, oh, oh, there's that loop. And that was grad school. Or, oh, that's my whole yes. childhood. You know, oh, that was that big relationship in my life. It's really fun because you can... I've done this work so often with people that you can see it again and again. You can yeah. see all the loops. Yeah, that's yeah, very cool. It's fast. Okay, keep going. Okay, so then eventually I discovered Maureen Murdoch's work 
And there's a couple different heroines journey uh, models out there, but I think okay. she created the one that I use all the time. The one that when I learned about it was like, oh yes, that's it. That sings to my soul. And I had so much fun teaching it to my students and using it in my work and then seeing it in my own life. And then it became clear to me that I think, oh, we're going through the heroine's journey right now individually and also collectively. Collectively. Yeah. yeah. Right. If it feels like everything is falling apart. Yes, that is the heroine's journey. Yeah. And I think the first time when I heard you talk, I was like, I mean, I hear so many people talking about, you know, the divine feminines rising right now and like all the things. And for some reason, when you explained it, I was like, oh, it's just we're collectively on this heroine's journey. Like, and we're like right at that part. So, yes. Yeah. I love that. So if you think of the heroine's journey as an inner journey, it starts at the very beginning. And you can say early on in the journey, there's some sort of separation from the feminine. So the example I'll use a lot is Cinderella in the beginning of the story, her mother dies, separation from the feminine. But that symbolizes right. how we've all left the great mother or we've left the connection to the earth or connection to our bodies. So yeah. when I was a little girl and I got the message that I couldn't follow my instincts or yeah. couldn't do what was natural to me. And so in that left my body and went up into my mind, right? Right. And I've heard many people say the same thing because step two is identification with the masculine. Again, think of identification with the masculine as identification with the outer world. Now right. I'm less concerned with what my inner world is doing. I'm disconnecting, separating from my inner world and I over identifying with the outer world. So now I think that my value is in what I do and what I appear like. Yes, so which I'm, is where I think overwhelm comes from. I mean, I think this is why we're all so overwhelmed. A hundred percent. I'm trying to do, yeah. do, do and prove my worth and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I constantly. And we're doing things like being mothers in a masculine model, which makes no sense whatsoever. Right. Like, I mean, the, some of the things that we're doing are such feminine like activities and we're doing them like in this very masculine model. Right. So interesting. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, and all of society as over identifying with this idea that yeah. how much we have, how big we build is where we get our sense of worth and value. Okay. Yes. So then next on the model, we go onto the road of trials. So when we were over identifying with the masculine, we were gathering allies, we were getting our team together, we go out onto the road of trials. And that's like taking these values into the world. That's like me going off to college and being like, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to get good <laughs> grades. I'm going to be a good citizen. And I'm going to have this great life. I have people in college right now. So I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to have them listen to this episode. <laughs> and there are yes. trials here and, you know, the meeting with the orgs and, you know, all the things that you would have in yes. myth, which are all those tests yes. that you have on that road of trials. And at this point, we have our ideas of what we think will make us successful, right? So if I get that job, if I marry that person, if I have that kind of house, all these things that are in the outer world, if I obtain those, then I'll get what I want and I'll have a great life. And the funny thing is, is it kind of works because we hit the boon of success, which is like the fourth station in the heroine's journey. It does kind of work. I do kind of get the thing that I want. 
oh, hey, now I've used my masculine tools in a masculine world and it's kind of worked and okay, except the next stop is a feeling of spiritual aridity, which is dryness. This feeling of, oh my goodness, is this what I work so hard for? I'm overworked, I'm overscheduled, and I'm not connected to my inner world. Kind of, I thought this would feel different. I thought if I got the thing that I would feel fulfilled and I don't, what's yeah. wrong? So it's this deep sense of questioning. And I've never talked to someone who hasn't had this moment in their life, right? I got the thing that was supposed to make me happy and no. Yeah, so literally I, it's the story I tell all the time. It's the day of the seven cups of coffee with three little kids at home. And I was like, I had built all the things and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I miserable? How is this even possible? Exactly. And at this moment, we're, yeah. we awaken to these feelings inside of us and it feels like this kind of inner death. Yeah. And after that, we go into the descent, right? And this descent is actually an initiation. And this can look like divorce. It can look like death. It can look like bankruptcy. It could look like some sort of crisis that makes us go, life has now taken you down. So if you find yourself in the middle of the biggest struggle ever, and you don't know how you ended up there, it's because this is actually something that is mythic. So many times I've done this work, especially with women, and they're like, oh, it's not my fault. That thing that happened to me, it's not my fault. And I'll go, oh, it's on everybody's journey. Everybody goes through it. It's part of a spiritual maturation process we're all going through. And we all have ones that look different because we all have different things our souls are going through, right? Our souls yeah. are learning about, but we all get it. This descent can look like a time of isolation, of pulling away. So it can look like living in the woods or feeling like you're in a cave, time of deep grief. And here there's the meeting with the goddess. Now, what is the goddess? Now, the goddess could be symbolized by some sort of mentor. It could also be a reconnection with the body, a reconnection with our creativity, reconnection with dreams, intuition, feelings. Often there are feelings that have been suppressed forever that come up, like grief, rage. Anything that we've been pushing away all this time now demands to be felt. Yeah. And I often think that we begin to heal our relationship, not only with our bodies, but also with the earth. And we yep. start to live our lives in a different way. It's reconnecting ourselves to this original wisdom that lives inside and learning how to trust that. That we had at the very beginning, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And at this moment, there's this urgent yearning inside to reconnect with that which is feminine. And if we think of the feminine within us as that which is receptive, Perhaps we don't have to go out there and work so hard and try to conquer all the worlds and knock down every door. Perhaps we can sit in silence and yeah. feel the next right step come up from a deep place inside of us. In fact, perhaps if we go into deep rest and relaxation, these natural inclinations, what we were always here to do or make or just be starts to flow out of us. Sometimes I like to say, oh, I'm just learning that I'm a Christian tree and I'm learning like what a Christian tree needs and the kind of fruit that it bears naturally if I just allow her to be, Yeah. right? And then we come to this moment that's called healing the mother-daughter split. Now, this mm. can be healing with our own mother, right? Or 
a forgiveness of our mother or an understanding that they were doing the best they could with the tools that they had. This also yep. symbolizes the healing with the great mother, mother earth, the divine within. I like to think of it too, as we open ourselves up to let the energy of the great mother start to live through and as us, which is yes. abundant, generous, regenerative, and also holy. Like mother nature will not mess with you if she doesn't like what you're doing. She will tell you immediately. And she's strong yeah. and she's powerful. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And I also have found that, and maybe this is what you were just meaning when you said that, but you know, there's a lot of women listening who are 40s, 50s, 60s. Some mothers are here, some are not, right? At this point. And I find in our age, there's like a need to remother ourselves as well. So there must be a coming together within us, right? There's like a remothering of ourselves, whether exactly involves right. our actual mother or not. Yeah. Yeah. We become our own healthy mother. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what happens at this moment. And oh, we learn how we need to be parented. And we yeah. then get to practice being our healthy mother and the child that communicates their needs to that healthy mother. Yeah. So the deep changing of relationship with self inside of self. Oh my gosh. So like, oh, that's so good. That part, because that is so for all of us, you know, it's hard to figure out what we even want sometimes. To me, that piece is so important because in this coming together, you can hear yourself and what you want. Yes, because so often we've pressed those wants because we cut ourselves off yeah. from the inner world at the very beginning. So yeah. just being able to go, oh, my desires are holy. Oh, the want is life itself trying to grow me. So now my child can say, I want this. I'm mad about this. I need to be heard yeah. about this. And the mother can be like, I have all the time in the world for you, sweet child. Tell me what you I need. Love it. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And we learn how to have compassion for ourselves and what that really means to have compassion for oneself so that we can be like yeah. the mama that holds ourselves, you know, yeah. first and foremost. And we learn how to validate yeah. our own feelings. Yeah. So once we've done this, then the next stage is healing the wounded masculine. And mm. I often think this is first the wounded masculine inside of myself. So it's the part of me that was trained on hustle. It was the part of me that fears scarcity. It's the part of me that still wants to prove my goodness. Healing that now, the feminine and masculine in myself come into right relationship. And the masculine inside of me learns that it's here to serve my feminine so that my feminine can feel my feelings, listen to my desires, become receptive, receive downloads. And then pass that information over to my masculine, which then executes it. So the yeah. masculine is here to serve the feminine's desires, right? The masculine protects. So my masculine creates safety for me, creates boundaries for me. And then the action that my masculine takes in the outer world is based on this deep integrity that comes from my feminine. And then the next step is that integration between the masculine and feminine, or I like to call it the sacred marriage. So now my masculine and my feminine learn how to be a great partnership where my feminine makes sure that she gets downtime, that she has time to be in nature, time to be receptive, time to listen to her feelings, to dance, to paint, to write poetry, whatever she needs to do, to rage, to scream, to cry. And my masculine is like, I got you. 
from holding you. And also, we're going to build safety. We're going to make systems. We're going to serve the mission that we're here to do. And the two of them work as a healthy team back and forth. I have often thought that my romantic relationships in my life mirror the relationship of my own masculine and feminine. So when my own masculine and feminine are out of balance, then I can see that reflected back like a mirror. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here because I can see it there. Yeah, it's so, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I have to say one thing you said again, the masculine is here to protect my feminine's desires. Yeah, and serve them. Protect and serve. Like I imagine my masculine talking to me like, hey, baby, what do you want? What can I do for you? Yeah. I'll make it happen. Whatever you need, I'm here to do it. And then my masculine yeah. does it. Yeah. I was going to say, and needs my feminine to say, ooh, this is the deepest desire of my heart. Maybe this is the deepest desire. Yes. Of my heart. Because, and when we're talking planning, I mean, obviously, planning is a very masculine like right. thing. And so, what we're constantly trying to bring in around here are these like, moments of space so you can tap in like starting with gratitude so you don't plan things from like the frenetic energy or masculine world like you know really like grabbing from what you show up to do or be in a day it's exactly what you said it's you know the only reason you're scheduling it is the protection to your feminine to show up in your feminine so oh my gosh i just love this so much and i can see like as you're talking i'm like oh and i can see how sometimes people still get stuck because it really is important that those two things come into right relationship and i can see how when they're just a little bit out of relationship and that hasn't you're either leaning too feminine or too masculine how they could not work it so well together yeah, even in a book that, that we've created to make them go together <laughs> so yeah. when there's a wound like so if my feminine isn't really paying attention to her deepest desires how can my masculine yeah. serve that you know yeah. if my masculine is afraid there's not going to be enough and yeah. start to hustle it'll take up the feminine's time right? It'll squeeze out. But then there's no deep download, then it's not acting out of inspiration. So and I feel like it's kind of a lifelong process to get these, right these energies into right relationship. But when they are well, it's a practice, right? Because practice. even from day to day, even if you've seen a glimpse of it, it doesn't mean like you've got it all the time. It's a daily practice. And when the yeah. two of them are in right relationship, then the next thing that happens is new life birth. Yeah. And that can look like a new business, a project, a family. Anything that's new that's birthed in our life is birthed by the alignment of those masculine and feminine energies inside of ourselves. So, yeah, maybe just even a moment, right? Just like a moment of like pure bliss, like looking someone in the eye. We're not even thinking like huge things. Yes. Right. When those two things are in alignment, it feels big, feels real big. And yeah. we can talk about being able to feel it in your body. We have all yeah. felt that feeling of like, oh, my spirit and my actions are now aligned in this moment. I can feel it. Yeah. And something new is born from that. Yeah. So how <laughs> this is happening right now inside of people. And then we can yeah. see how this is happening right now in our world and how yeah. we are. We're a little bit in that going into that descent mode, you know, that kind of the bottom of that circle right now where we are with culture. Yeah. And I feel it's funny because even in my like colleagues who I would say have definitely experienced, you know, the togetherness, the marriage and are operating more from that space than not. I feel like 
literally right now as we're recording the descent got a little deeper than maybe it even was three months ago. And I feel like individuals are feeling it a little bit more now, even than they might have imagined, you know, they were a little farther along on the journey than right. you know, it, even two months ago. I feel like my friends and I all joke about this, but you know, you can feel that our evolution is speeding up and in doing yeah. so, our lessons are like right here. <laughs> Do not pass go. <laughs> like You're going to get exactly what you need. You're going to get exactly the challenge. It's right here. We're all being asked to level up. And so we're being brought that thing that would cause us to have to level up. Yeah. And I feel like it's interesting because it's speeding up. And then it's also like, if you look at all the different ages, because I happen to have three teenagers, it's interesting, like we're all being brought along together, which means that they're farther along when we were teenagers. And so it's like, it's really cool to see how, because, you know, it might take me actually a little bit longer <laughs> to like understand what's happening because it's different than my conditioning whereas they're in a more like creation mode naturally and so you can see where it's like really happening fast for them it's so interesting and i really do believe i mean i would say when i first heard your interview or it was just after a very extraordinary moment as a mother of a teen who was having a really hard time and i could see how everything that was happening to her was actually a very important part of my heroine's journey and like, she was really calling me to go deep within myself. And the more that I healed within myself, the more she was able to heal within herself. And so like, it's just so interesting how interconnected it all is. Yeah, it's so interconnected. Yes. Yeah. And I do believe that about when I'm doing a project, I always know the project has come to expand my consciousness. And I believe that about the new generations, that they've come to expand yeah. the generations before them. Right. So yeah. And I think I might have said this on uh, the interview you heard, but I know when I'm working on a new project, it's not about me trying to fit the project any kind of mold or make it be what I want it to be or something to serve my ego in the same way that a parent has to allow their child to be who they are and, yeah. you know, kind of hold the space. But yeah. the child raises the parent the way yeah. a new piece of art in the same way calls me up to be a different right and emerges version, from yeah a version of yeah, myself. I love it, that. It's like mom, we're gonna need something else from you. We're <laughs> exactly mom, we need so, from you. Come on. So as a fellow creative, and then I'm looking at the time, it's like I could talk for you for hours. We're gonna have to wrap up soon. But so knowing this, you obviously are very, you know, know this story very well. How do you use that in your daily life or in your creative life? to show up in a more aligned ways to the projects that you're working on and the things that you're bringing into the world. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm learning how to really listen to my body yeah. while I'm creating. And I'm learning how to take space to go within, to hear the deepest truth and to speak that out loud. I feel like speaking honestly in creative settings and trusting my own inner process and that my outer actions match my inner process is really where my work is right now. Mm. And learning how to balance both the work I do as an artist and the work I do to support other artists and keeping those things in balance as well. So I know. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I know in my life, I've watched the pendulum swing back and forth. 
And for me, they have to find the right balance. And I use the word balance often. I love the word balance and I get pushback on it all the time. But I believe balance is where it's at because it's the same thing. It's like that balance of feminine and masculine, but also like the just the feeling balance within ourselves. Yes. To me is such a great indicator of that I'm headed in the right direction. And understanding I'm going to get out of balance and there's no shame. In yes. That. But the one thing exactly, feel, yeah, to bring myself back in, it's like, I think of balance in terms of even eating, right? That my body needs wonderful things to feel alive, like to feel nourished. And I also need a treat sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and I need those in balance, right? I need to keep yes. the relationship. Because if I just have treats, I'm not going to feel good. But if I'm just yeah. eating greens all the time, I'm going to start to feel like life is boring. And so, yes right? So it's finding that sweet spot. And just knowing that part of being in balance is falling off. So often I'll talk to writers and we'll talk about building a consistent writing process. And I'll say, it's just like meditation. We're going to fall off. And when we fall off, we just realize we fell off and have compassion for ourselves and we come back on. So I'll even see that in my business. Oh, I'm going to fall off on doing those things I know I need to do for my business to thrive. And the moment I realize I've fallen off, I just lovingly ask myself yeah. to come back on. So in every area of my life, I'm just almost kind of being that compassionate witness or that loving mama that's like, come on back. We know, we know, and it's okay. But we can feel when our body gets out of alignment. That's like how yoga isn't just standing still. It's almost consistently shifting. That well, and I feel like that's the, you know, if you're saying like how you map all these circles of the heroine's journey in people's lives, I feel like those are like the micro ones, right? I sit down for an hour of writing and I can go through the whole heroine's journey just in that hour yes. and get back to that place of balance where I'm being kind to myself instead of beating myself up for, and I mean, I know a lot of people who beat themselves up for days and weeks and years and right. Like, I mean, I think as humans, we do this so often when we're not in alignment because we think we're wrong somehow. You know, we feel like we've been done wrong and we haven't. I will never forget the first time I did the writing out the circle of the heroine's journey with a group of women. And when every one of them could see the other woman's descent and yeah. healing, it was literally like everyone went, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. We all go through it. And yeah. how much shame we carry for our descent, but our descent is actually the thing that's bringing us back to wholeness. There's this yeah. great philosopher named Michael Mead. He talks about myth a lot. And he says that we hide our wisdom in the darkness. Like we hide our jewels in the darkness to be recovered when we need them. So that's why it's important that we go into the darkness. So part yeah. of this is learning how not to be afraid of those really intense emotions, being willing to sit with discomfort to go all the way in, to feel everything. That's why being willing to feel our grief and our sadness and our anger is part of that descent and not to judge it. Yeah. It changes everything because I'm somewhat obsessed <laughs> with the phase of darkness in winter. <laughs> I think it's so important. And, you know, in the past, you know, years, whatever, but like I noticed that about myself, you know, even within the context of a year and I notice it in my life, like I'm definitely an introvert. So I can see where I use that descent just to like be myself. And it's just, it's so interesting. And there's many times, oh, so many times that I have judged myself for that behavior. And probably there, of course, there still are, but some of those have definitely gotten freed up 
end. It's so cool how you can have the descent. You can experience the death without judging yourself. It becomes such a beautiful process. Yeah. And easier to surrender to yeah. as it's happening. So good. Thank you so much for this. This was so amazing. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else you want to like, I want everyone to know where to find you and mostly what you're doing. How are you working with people besides if somebody has a movie they want to write? All sorts of different ways. So yeah, I work with people on nonfiction, on fiction, on anything they want to write. You can yep. come to me. I've even helped people who are writing their courses that they're creating who, you know, oh, interesting. anything that's like, I have it in me, I need to get it out. Yeah. So I work with people one on one, but I also have an online coaching program called story space, which is community based, which I find really helpful for people yep. can see other people moving through it. And then I also do retreats from time to time where we do this work. And every once so in a while, fun. I'll do like a, you know, an online seminar, those kind of things. So if you go to my website, which is kristenhange.com, you can sign yep. up for the newsletter and then I send out lots of, this is what I'm thinking about right now. And, and here are my upcoming offerings. This summer, I'm doing a retreat in Italy with my best friend, Natalie, who I do a podcast with. I have a Oh, podcast. so fun. Let's What's your play. podcast? It's called Let's Play, the Create Podcast. It's about creativity and spirituality. And awesome. I have a book called God, Sex, and Musical Theater. So you can read is that. Is that poetry, book. I think? Is yeah. that true? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's very stream of consciousness poetry my own process. I'm kind of writing through my process. And then I mm -hmm. have an P I created with the same title, God Sex Musical Theater that you can listen to on Spotify or on Apple Music and follow so me. So cool. On a true creative. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, follow me on Instagram at Hangi Love, H-A-N-G-G-I-L-O-V-E. I love it. We'll put all of this in the show notes for anyone listening to. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. This is amazing. It's such a treat. I want to talk to you about all your projects. I know. So well, we'll thank you for being here. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action. Because action is where change happens. But here's the thing. When we have a goal, a wish, a desire bubbling up in us, it can feel so huge. And sometimes we stop ourselves in our tracks based on how huge our desire feels. And it's true that change needs action, but it doesn't have to be huge action, even though our desire feels so huge. When we focus on the next step, the next doable change that we can integrate into our lives right now, we don't get stuck and we start to create momentum. Momentum starts with one doable change. So choose a doable change that resonates with you today and really play with it. Fit it into your days, make it work for you, and then move on to your next one. So in every episode, we always choose three, not so that you run with all three, but so that you choose the one that resonates most with you. And that is not different from my conversation with Kristen. So here are my three from my conversation with Kristen. Number one, practice being a compassionate witness. While the goal is to find balance, we're going to keep coming out of balance. That's just how it is in our human experience. So when you notice you're out of balance, whether it's in your food or your creative practice or working too much or not enough, just be a compassionate witness. Acknowledge where you are and make little shifts. 
Imagine what would happen if you did that for a week. All right, doable change number two, map your journey. Now that you recognize the stages of the journey, map your own story. Recognize the descent as an important part of the story and the learning and your evolving. This was a fun one. It's one that I'm playing with a lot right now, actually. So I do recommend. And this is one a little bit more of an action that might play out over a few weeks, but you can still stack those doable changes. All right, number three, sit with the darkness. We hide our treasure in the darkness. So we need to go into the darkness to retrieve it. So often we avoid feelings like grief, anger, sadness. We really need to sit with all those feelings and feel them. It's pretty much the most powerful work I've ever done. And I've also heard that from hundreds of women. So I highly recommend this one. If you've been avoiding, let's say, feeling the darkness. So those are our three doable changes from this conversation. I encourage you to choose the one that resonates the most and really weave it into your life this week. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 